Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Ideal world under siege, look at Mac Da Vinci. He opened the lines on Mac Da Vinci and he races on by. He races on by. Ideal world under immediate pressure. To the outside, Lombo Heaven, cash us back deeper. Then Tommy Lincoln, Mac Da Vinci into the the home straight clear. Margin is over six metres. Tommy Lincoln goes to the inside. Then Lombo Heaven, but Mac Da Vinci, far too good, wins easily. Mac Da Vinci scores, beating. Oh, toss of the coin. Yeah, the Mac Da Vinci's chasing a hat trick as Chris Barsby joins us at Albion Park. This first race is going to be a good race, Chris, with Alo Cool J there as well on Saturday night. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. That will be a ripper on Saturday night. Time to shine for one of these horses who puts their hand up in lead up to next week's opening feature of our summer carnival, the Be Good Johnny Sprint. Will it be Mac Da Vinci or will LL Cool J bounce back? Second run back, I think he got a pass mark first up. Sectionally, he was very good. Both are looking to overcome a second row draw. So this is going to be a good tactical battle on Saturday night. One of many because the open is also going to be very interesting as well. And as I said, spots for next week's feature, they're not going to be easy to come mm. by. So uh, horses have got to perform this weekend to guarantee themselves a spot in that big good Johnny Sprint. Chris, the horse that LL Cool J will follow out, he'll be two off the second line, is king of the stars, Graham Dwyer's horse. Has he got much gate speed? Only steady, Steve, off the arm. Pete McMullen booked to drive that horse on Saturday night, so he might be able to show a little bit more gate speed compared to normal, but he's not blessed with brilliant gate speed, that's for sure. You've got significant news, Chris, this morning, haven't you? On, um, yeah, absolutely, Steve, and it's good news for Queensland as well because uh, news has filtered through this morning that come 2023, which is not all that far away, the Inter-Dominion is returning to the Sunshine State right here in Queensland. So... We've been out of the rotation for some time. In fact, the last time an Inter-Dominion series was staged here in Queensland, it was on the Gold Coast, which is now defunct, back in 2009. So it's been some time since the Sunshine State has hosted an Inter-Dominion. But news coming through this morning that we have got the, uh, the hosting rights for 2023. To talk more about it, joining us from Racing Queensland is our manager out there, David Brick, and he's online with us now. David, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, listeners. This is significant news. Yeah, it's fantastic for, for Queensland, uh, for harness racing in general nationally. It's great that Queensland can join the rotation again. As you said, it's a, a great tradition here in Queensland. Unfortunately, it hasn't been here for some time, but I think um, that'll help it make it all the all the much bigger and better when, we, uh, when it returns here uh, in the not-too-distant future, as you said. Well, you've hinted at this previously, that Queensland wanted to get back into that rotation. So many weren't sure if it could be feasible or possible, but has it come around sooner rather than later as far as this announcement is concerned? Has it surprised you? Yeah, it probably has. Uh, probably the history to it was when the tender was put forward uh, for the current rotation, which, will, which was Victoria, New Zealand and New South Wales. Queensland would provide the opportunity, but... 
uh, just as a management board at the time, we didn't quite see us probably right um, in that uh, sweet spot to, to be ready to hold it. Probably had some other priorities um, that we needed to tick off. You know, breeding industry really needed to, needed some work um, through our Q-bred scheme um, and work on our racetracks. So there were some other priorities that we thought we needed to, to cover off first and we've been able to achieve that. Um, as part of the, the rotation, there was an opportunity or part of the agreement was for other states to, to come back in. And we certainly said to the host at the time that, yeah, look, if that opportunity arises, um, you yeah, know, make sure you knock on our door. We'll uh, happy to have the chat. And uh, and so that sort of transpired from there. Obviously, with the postponement of the Inter Dominion um, last year, it's probably just um, drawn that out a, another year. Um, but it also gave some opportunity, I think, for, for New Zealand, and, and they've had some consideration about their involvement in it. And as a result of our interest and, and their want at this point in time to go another direction, um, that opened the door for us to, to have it probably sooner than we thought, I suppose. So 2023 it is, and um, looking forward to that being the case. Yeah, absolutely. So we're on the verge of the 2021 Inter-Dominion Series taking place in Sydney next year, 2022 Melbourne, and then it will be Brisbane's turn. Yeah, that's correct. Yep, spot on. Um, you know, at this point in time, the, the agreement between the hosts and, and nationally is the Inter-Dominion will be run in that um, very late November, start of December period. So that's where we're looking at at this point in time. Um, obviously, things can, can change, but I think that's uh, most likely where, where it will land when we host it. And as far as the series itself is concerned, I'm sure this is going to be looked at, but uh, will it be a traditional series, three heats and a final? Yeah, certainly. That's, the, I guess, part of the rotation, the agreement with the with the other hosts is that that's what we'd uh, we'd look to do, similar to what uh, New South Wales are doing this year and, and has been done in Victoria. So, yeah, that's certainly the, that would be the intent, um, I guess, as, uh, as far as some of the other aspects around that. There's still uh, obviously a fair bit of water to go under the bridge there and we'll sit down and have that discussion. But certainly the, the traditional format of the, the Inter was, uh, I guess, one of the the primary aims or the intent of the, uh, the host when they put forward their tender um, at the start. And, um, yeah, we've, we've agreed to, to buy into that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that'll, that'll be the process. Okay, well, exciting news there, no doubt about it. Uh, time for uh, a lot of people to get to work, try and track down a major sponsor for that big series coming up in 2023. You just touched on the Q-bread. Uh, news coming through this morning also that come next year, 2022, this uh, highly sought-after incentive scheme that we have here in Queensland for our maturity and, and breeding is going up. $12,000 as it is right now, but come next year... That first win bonus is going to go up to $14,000. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, I think, a fair bit of work's gone into that over the, the last couple of years in terms of our consultation with the industry. And, and one of the common bits of feedback we get is that, you know, when we win at that first race, it's really important to try and uh, return as much um, to the breeders' owners as we can. Uh, you know, there, there is a lot of cost that does go from um, uh, you know, breeding a horse through to the point again to the racetrack. So, We've sort of uh, really looked at uh, how we can continue to do that. We put together a plan and would be staged over um, a, a number of years and probably to some degrees probably come around a little bit quicker than we'd sort of initially planned. But, you know, we, we, we're uh, very mindful that it needs to be sustainable as well. Um, people are breeding horses, you know, today that are not going to be in the racetrack for, for a number of years. So they want to have the confidence that those 
bonuses that uh, they're, they're breeding for um, are going to be there. So we're very mindful of that. And, uh, but, yeah, we're really happy that we're able to provide that opportunity and, and um, help people with uh, investing in the in the industry. And certainly, um, you know, the, the feedback we get. We uh, had a day out yesterday with our harness team just to go and visit a few of the studs just to have some discussions around um, what else can be done and just uh, make sure that they're not a forgotten part of the industry. But certainly the, the Q-Brit element and the investment in that is, is really appreciated and, and they're seeing some benefits, particularly when they're putting the horses through the sales ring. Yeah, well, it's huge. There's no doubt about it. $14,000 next year for your first win bonus. And the second win bonus remains at $7,500. You must be the envy of all other states. Yeah, look, it's, I guess part of our, our thought around it was, is, you know, probably, you know, in terms of the, the cost of getting a horse to the racetrack, um, that the feedback was that, you know, you're looking at anywhere between twenty to 30000 to get it there, whether you go into the sales and your average sales price, for example, APG might be twenty eight, or uh, or you're breeding and breeding to race, that by the time you put together all that cost and effort in, you know, um, you need to get some return. And so I guess in, in essence, you know, I guess the way we look at it now, that if you can win those two races um, with stake money and the bonuses, you're getting close to $30,000 back. So I think that's sort of, the, I guess, the, what part of the aim has been of the, the exercise to try and assist with that. And that's, what I guess, been, been the target. Um, yeah, look, I mean, different states have got different priorities. Certainly our fall crop, we, we did see a significant, had seen a significant drop in, and we really targeted that. And pleasingly, we're starting to see that grow. We, you know, we see next year's APG sale will have uh, close to 100 horses in it, which is which is great. Um, so which sort of indicates that the growth that's been able to be achieved. Um, but, yeah, so certainly we get some positive feedback from, from other uh, people in the state. Um, if they want to send mares here to uh, to breeding Queensland, we certainly encourage them to do so because that contributes to uh, not just the racing here but, but the local economy. Yeah, absolutely. And just finally, just another topic that I wanted to talk about, uh, as I mentioned moments ago, uh, we're on the verge of the Summer Carnival for 2021. The features start next week. So next week looks a little bit different. Uh, it coincides with Melbourne Cup Week. So uh, we've got a non-tab meeting here at Recliffe on Tuesday. We're back here Wednesday night. The next Thursday night, Albion Park will be racing. Then we're back here on the Friday at uh, Redcliffe. But that Thursday night meeting at Albion Park, that is going to have heats of the new race, a $50,000 race series called the Peak of the Creek. Interest in this series, David, sounds very, very uh, strong at this point. There's a lot of stables eyeing off this series. So can you just outline a little bit further about the Peak of the Creek and what we can expect next Thursday night? Yeah, look, it's probably a, a race that the club can take um, a lot of credit for. They came to RQ with, with the idea of effectively trying to run a heat and final series, but over um, a couple of days. And um, we sort of saw that it would fit in quite well with um, Albion Park racing on um, Oaks night. Um, uh, and so be able to run a, a, a race meeting there that hosts the heats. With the uh, with the finalists then going through the Saturday night, so it's a series over effectively two days. Um, as we know, our horses are um, the way they're bred and, and, are, and are able to do so. Where well, we see them the racing, even you know, in some of the features overseas, um, heats earlier in the day and, and final later. So, um, luckily, our breed's able to do that. And as you said, there's been quite a significant amount of interest in that race. I guess uh, ourselves, in conjunction with the club, and as we have done with uh, I guess a number of races we've put in place, we've 
trying to look at, I guess, unique concepts and different ways to, to create some talkability. So one of the aspects of this, other than the, the heat and final series over the two days, is that um, it will all, the barrier drill will be, um, I guess, in the connection's hands and that uh, the uh, the horses that uh, qualify the fastest um, will draw their barriers first. Uh, probably just to clarify how that will work, um, the heat winners will effect, effectively um They'll draw first in the first group, um, but they'll be in order of, uh, of the fastest winner down to the slowest winner. Um, and the the uh, group of seconds will, uh, will, will draw in the second group of horses. Um, we don't know exactly how many heats we're going to run as yet, probably comes down to nomination. So in terms of um, how many horses go through from each heat, that'll be determined um, as per normal with our heats and finals. Um, but effectively, it uh, hopefully encourages horses to, to run along in the heats and um, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll see the barrier draw unfold from there, and, and the connections will have the opportunity to choose their draw. Okay, well that's going to be exciting next Thursday night. Those heats and the final comes up next Saturday night. David, uh, really appreciate the time this morning. Congratulations uh, with those big announcements. Firstly, with the Qbread uh, that uh, bonus set to rise next year, and with the announcement, obviously, at the end of the minion returning to the Sunshine State in 2023. Job well done, and uh, we'll be in touch. Looking forward to it all. Thanks, Chris. There's David Brick joining us from Racing Queensland. So the Inter-Dominion returns for 2023. Joining me now to talk about it. I'm not sure if this horse will still be around in 2023, but I'm sure he'll let me know. Al Barnes is online now. Northview Hustler was in the winner's circle last Saturday night taking the open. He's getting set for next week's feature, the Be Good Johnny Sprint. Al joins us now. Al, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, will he still be going in 2023, the Hustler? I'd like to think so. <laughs> it's, been nice it's good though that the end of the minions coming back though isn't it oh fantastic yeah be great i don't know if he'd stand up for a series like that but but it'd be great to be part of something like that up here it'd be great how proud were you last saturday night seeing him do what he did he was awesome uh, in particular that final 200 meters he was so sharp and he really put that field away easily brought a tear to my eye chris a lot of hard work's gone into that and and uh, very proud to get that win um He's sort of never really up to him these days. He never gets the right run to be competitive, put his best foot forward. So it's nice that he could get a go and, and show him that he still can be competitive. Barrier draws at this level now, crucial, aren't they? Yeah, mate, definitely, yeah. Yeah, there's so many good free-falls here in Queensland and you really just got to bide your time and be patient and wait for your turn and the right draw and the right race. All right, so he backs up. He, he's ready to go for next week's feature. Yes, mate, he's fresh. He's having this Saturday night off. So, uh, yeah, he's fresh. And um, I don't really like the mile for him because I'll no doubt they'll try and break a track record. So he doesn't like chasing that sort of speed anymore. But, look, we'll be there. We'll do our best and um, look forward to the longer trips. All right, excellent. I, I want to ask this morning, uh, Al, as well, about this golf day that you've got planned for, for Sunday week at the Rosewood Golf Club. Can you just expand on this a little bit more? So last year I sponsored a golf day out here to raise money for underprivileged kids for Christmas. So it was just my way of chipping in for the community and, and helping some, some kids out that aren't fortunate in life. And uh, this year we, we've backed up and we're going again. And I'm just trying to get a few racing people involved. We all know how big a heart the people in racing have got. And it'd be great if we can get a few there and sponsor the day and, and chip in and make a good Christmas for the kids. OK, so if anyone is out there that uh, wants to head along next Sunday... How do they make contact? 
Uh, they can either call myself, get in touch with myself, or book, uh, call the Rosewood Club and book. Um, we've got a few sponsors on board. Mark McGarry, Equines, is chipping in, and Albion Park is chipping in as well. So hopefully we can chase a few more sponsors and chip in for some prizes and, and get a bit of a crew there and just have a fun, good old-fashioned fun day. Okay. And the early response, has it been strong? Uh, yes yes, and no, Marburg's on that day, unfortunately, so it's going to rule out quite a few of the, of the little fellas in racing, so um, hopefully we can still get a crew there and, and have some fun. All right, excellent stuff. Well, we'll give it a good push. Al, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside across the weekend. Sure will, Chris. Thank you. There's Al Barnes joining us. So he's got Northview Hustler ticking along nicely for next week's feature. The big good Johnny Sprint, but he's hosting a big golf day on Sunday week at the Rosewood Golf Club. So if you are interested, you know, you can can, uh, you can call Al directly or just contact the, the golf club itself, the Rosewood Golf mm. Club. So all in aid of a, a very good cause. Brittany Graham joins us each and every Thursday morning. And I've got a lot to talk about, Brittany. Yeah, I've got a bone to pick with her too, Chris. Well, I... I've got some questions. She's part of the team down there at HRNSW, so she's got some answers that she needs to deliver. Mm. I'll go first, Steve. Okay. Second rankings were released yesterday for the end of the minion. Can someone tell me who Father Bob is? Well, Chris, I believe the rankings give preference to horses that have won a Group 1 this season, and, of course, Father Bob won the Riverina Championship. So that's the explanation I can give you for that one. Well, I think I follow harness racing fairly. I've never heard of it. And how it's ranked above expensive ego, how do they justify that when it's an odds-on favourite for their Group 1 sprint on Saturday night? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. I have only just briefly looked at those uh, rankings that were released yesterday and probably just more so picked up um, a few of those that have been taken out, the likes of Amazing Dream and Stylish Memphis. But, yeah, it it is an interesting one because then again, of course, Expensive Ego has won uh, several Group 1s as well and he doesn't have Group 1 next to his name. So, uh, yeah, that's a head-scratcher. I'll see what I can find out. (laughs) Next one, Ride High. This horse has been uh, two weeks away from a trial for the last six months. It's now been retired. It's improved its ranking. Initially, first ranking released, it came out as 12 and now it's 10. How do you improve when you don't start? The only reasoning I can give for that is because Stylish Memphis and Amazing Dream came out. Okay. And the other one that I wanted to uh, just get an answer for, Send It. It's ranked number seven now, initially eight. It couldn't get a start in any of our features up here during the carnival, during the Tab Constellations, yet its stable mate went within a whisker of claiming the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks of Fate. We're talking about Rock and Marty. I had to go looking for him. He was down, where was he? He was in the 20s or something. How is there that big a difference between Send It and Rock and Marty? Yeah, no, that that is a good question again. And the only logical reasoning I can give for these questions is that the fact that they've won group ones uh, and it looks as though for those that have won group ones this season uh, they basically I guess like we do with our triad rankings here in Queensland if you've won a feature race no matter how many races you've won if you've won a race with group status uh, you're automatically basically at the top of the pile, no matter what. So that's the only reasoning I can give for Send It and Father Bob due to their Riverina uh, and also Metropolitan Regional Championships victories. Chris, I think that's all that I can give you at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Honestly, I had to punch him into the computer last night, Father. I said, who is Father Bob? I've never heard of it. And here it is ranked 
uh, eight at the moment. So, Steve, your turn now. You can you can fire. Away I was just going to say she didn't mention Majestic Harry uh, when she was with us last week, and of course yeah, she drove that horse ex Kiwi to victory, one like Farlow, but Albion Park on Friday. You left yeah, us out, but Majestic Harry. This is interrogation station this morning. I'm, I'm in studio too, so I might just have to pick up and leave. But I'll put the swearometer on. <laughs> no, no, he surprised me, Steve. That's all. That's all I can say. It was a nice surprise, though. Yeah, just quite an arrogant win. What's happening with that horse, the ex Kiwi? Won four races now. Um, he is racing tomorrow night again, so yep. understanding start conditions. And to be honest, I purchased him because um, he had really good standing start manners in New Zealand. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing how he steps. But, um, yeah, he's, he surprised me a little bit. So maybe we might have to aim a little bit higher with him because he actually went of equal time on Friday, sitting parked and I sort of went via the Cape on the first turn that, that they did on Saturday night in the open class race. So uh, maybe he's a little better than I first gave him mm, credit for. Because it had been a while between oh, uh, drinks. I've got the answer. <laughs> yes, Chris? I've got the answer. 2023 Inter-Dominion Series. You, you must have had a heads up. Majestic Harry here for the Inter-Dominion Series. Oh, well, I was thinking I might have to lodge a late nomination for this year, Chris, because, I mean, I'm going down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Dad told so me he should be winning again it. tomorrow night. Oh, well, you would think so if I have those lofty ambitions. No, um, yeah, um, it, it's a good test for him tomorrow night because it's a, a much stronger field, um, but he has that handicap advantage and if he can perform like he did last week, he worked really well the other day. Brett Cargill, actually, our foreman, um, saw me tearing around on Tuesday with him and, and told me that I've taught him to be an Aussie already going flat chat, so hopefully he can uh, come back to me a little bit better tomorrow night. Mm, just on that, how many horses did you look at before you decided on this horse, uh, Majestic Harry? As I mentioned prior to coming here, he'd won three races from, what, 41 starts, something like that? Yeah, it was an interesting one. I just recently retired um, my other horse, Big Bang Leonard, so I was on on the lookout for one, um, and to be honest, he's he's definitely the most expensive horse I've ever bought. I've normally been a bit of an El Cheapo, and I look around the five and $6,000 mark, but um, I was just actually got um, sent an email from Stu Valentine, who um, is an agent, and Majestic Harry was on that email amongst others, and um, the $2,000 Q-bred trotting bonus here is quite attractive for, for buying a trotter because, you know, you have that little bit of an extra carrot and, um, as I said, his manners were really good. He actually raced in the jewels earlier this year behind Bolt for Brilliant. So um, he wasn't overly expensive and I thought there's good opportunity for trotters in Queensland to make his way through the grades. So I had to rope Dad into it. He's also a part owner, which he doesn't do a lot of owning, but uh, he must have, have liked the look of him and um, we decided mm. that we'd give and what happens go. with the veterinary process when you buy a horse like this, Brittany? Uh, he was vet checked, so um, he was given a vet check in New Zealand. Actually, I nearly didn't go through with purchasing him because it was middle, it was in the middle of the, the early COVID lockdown in New Zealand and vets actually couldn't get out and, and vet checked them. So um, he sat there for a couple of more weeks waiting for um, the vet check to be able to be done and I think he came across on a flight and triple four was in the same boat who's won three from three down uh, in New South Wales. So, um, yeah, you always like to get them vet checked, mm. particularly when you're outlaying that sort of money. And it's not even just the initial purchase price. It's about an extra $10,000 on top to get them here um, from New Zealand. So, no, he passed the vet check with flying colours and hopefully stays that way. And just fell into him, wasn't it, Chris? 14 and a half metres, was it? <laughs> Majestic Harry? Oh, I think it was double that. I don't think it was closer to 30 metres. <laughs> in my head, the glasses away halfway up the straight. He was that far in front. So, okay. uh, now tell me, we've got a huge weekend coming up. What, what is going to be the highlight for you? Is it one of those Breeders' Challenge finals? Is it going to be at Miraburra on Sunday? 
is at the big race down at Melbourne on on Saturday night, the four and five year old championship. Where are you focused this weekend? Well, it's great, isn't it, that there's so many options, but it's also a bit tricky because you don't really know where to look. I think over the weekend there might be eight group ones across three different venues, so there's a lot to look forward to. But probably the Breeders' Challenge um, has piqued my interest uh, probably the most if I if I was to be pinned down to, to one option, purely because the two-year-old Colts and Geldings crop in New South Wales, we've banged on about it for the last few months, but it just looks so, so good. And I'm looking forward to seeing probably the time that they're going to run on Saturday night. I think there's a strong possibility that if it's good conditions, um, all horses turn up in their best possible, um, I guess, scenario. And also um, if each horse gets their, their chance and they race in the manner that we've seen them race in, particularly small T's and my ultimate bar. And I think there's a chance they could break 150, which is probably unthinkable only a few years ago. But judging by the times that they went in the semi-final, it's not beyond reason. And um, I think we'll find out just how good these horses are. Small T's, um, he's got the potential, but he's still very green. My ultimate Byron, he's obviously electric, but we haven't really seen him tested. So I'm looking forward to seeing when the real crunch goes on, uh, how much he has in the locker. And then there's a few horses that are probably flying under the radar. Maybe not so much my ultimate Ronnie, but there's a few others in that race that are very, very talented that aren't going to be involved in what is no doubt going to be a brutal speed. Um, I don't think it's a complete race in three, put it that way. Okay, so have you got a tip for the weekend then? I'm sticking with my ultimate Byron in that race, but I think Expensive Ego is a great bet in the Len Smith Mile. I think the barrier draw just looks perfect for him. There's a stack of speed around him. Put it this way, if he turns up in the same form as he did when he won the Chariots of Fire when he broke 149 sitting parked and then when he ran second in a Miracle Mile, I don't really think it matters how the race plays out. I think he'll just be too good. So he's nice and short. He's 165 at the moment, but it wouldn't surprise me. There has been some money for Ignatius uh, and also uh, a few others at longer odds to maybe cause a bit of a minor upset. But I still think 170, 165 is great betting for expensive ego at the moment. Okay, so that's your best bet of the weekend? Yep, we'll single him out. Okay. If he wins that Group 1 feature on Saturday night, will he leapfrog uh, Bob, Father Bob, again for the Inter-Dominion rankings? You would think so, but as I mentioned, he doesn't have a Group 1 next to him in the rankings and he won the Chariots of Fire earlier this year, so now I'm confused. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) You and me both. Hey, uh, really appreciate the time this morning. Good luck tomorrow night with Harry. He's on that long-term path for the 2023 Inter-Dominion. And we'll see you uh, trackside across the weekend and uh, probably on screen on Saturday night on tipping. Beautiful. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Britt. Brittany Graham. I know Matt Young's on standby. Chris, Hurricane Harley, I see he's in the fields for tomorrow night. And also, horse yeah. you followed closely, Jumpin' Jack Mack. It's going to be very late. I think that's, well, let's race 10 <laughs> on the card. Yeah, Matt Young's The best bit of the weekend, you being asleep for that race when he goes <laughs> around tomorrow night. I'll watch the replay on Saturday morning, Chris. <laughs> Matt Young's with us. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you. Does Harley win? Uh, I'm not in his corner. Um, I'm sort of against him a little bit. I think, um, yeah, he's still got a little bit more to show me this prep. And I think uh, there's a couple of horses that might uh, not be scared of him, so to speak. So I think uh, he may be left to to do the work or 
have to sit and sprint like he did last start, which we know he is capable of doing. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a very, very intriguing race. Okay, so you've got me intrigued now. If you're not tipping him, who are you coming up with then? Well, excuse me, I've come up with a few um, in the race. I think Perfect Major's last start third uh, was very good and on that occasion was only beaten narrowly when doing all the work and Hurricane Harley had the drop on him and only just got over the top. Two starts ago, came from last inside the, I would say, the 200 and was able to get over the top of a free-for-all field. So I think back to the 21.30 and you can just sort of sit at the back and let things unfold how he would like and then he can make his move into the race whenever he wishes. So I think Perfect Major's got to be a good chance. Miracle Moose. Went to Pinjarra, easy kill Monday. The start before was an easy kill, but closed off really well. I think this horse will be handy enough to them. Uh, he's got a good turn of foot. He's very versatile, and he does suit free-for-all company very well. Uh, others in the race, Babyface Adder, so close to beating Hurricane Harley in the Mount Eden Sprint. And then last start, sat 1-1 and beat a free-for-all field, defeating uh, the likes of uh, Galactic Star and Ideal Liner. He's got a chance that he can work to the front because Fancy Dance isn't that quick out. Fancy Dance is another one. If he could lead, this horse can run a very strong middle distance time. And uh, that was his first runoff of three weeks last start. So he's going to just sharpen right up for that. Uh, it's just whether he can hold the front. He can do things wrong. So I think it's a very intriguing race. Junior could just be too clever here and just ease in and let things unfold and drive the race how he wishes to drive it. But I think if Hurricane Harley's in the red, he's just a little bit too short for mine. Okay, so it's wide away from Hurricane Harley for the uh, feature tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. That's the Group 3 Howard Porter Memorial, proudly sponsored by Garrards. What is your best bet? You've been in fine form over the past couple of weeks, Matt. What have you found this week? Um, with race four, number one, Roman Arts, who is fourth up from a spell, should be reaching peak fitness. The horse last start. Uh, came wide in a quick last half and was running through the line as strong as anything, although still running ninth. I was still quite taken by the run. This horse is very good in front. There is the question mark of there he goes in the race and has got plenty of speed. Romanard is incredibly versatile, so I'm not too concerned if he does get crossed. If he leads, he'll just win. And if he does get crossed, he'll still probably go very close to winning. So... I'm pretty confident that race four, number one, Roman Art, can make it a win this preparation in start number four. Okay, Emily Savalko, driving in really good form at the moment too, isn't she? She is. She's uh, come a long way with a lot of chat about um, the uh, female drivers and uh, their light frames and uh, just the soft hands and being able to get the best out of their horses. There's no doubt. In the past few years, we've seen a, a number of drivers, male and female, that have come through the junior driver ranks that horses just tend to run for them. Um, Emily's one of those. She's steering really well. Uh, that's one thing that she's improved on so much in the last eight to nine months, and the form has really shown on the track with the results. She's uh, making tactical moves and uh, assessing the races really well. So she's doing a fantastic job, and that's why she's one of the best in the state. Okay, so race four, number one, Roman Art, the best bet for Matt Young tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Last week it was Hang Hang, the week before, don't bother me none. So the eyes well and truly in for you at the moment. Yeah, seeing them like beach balls, but uh, they get popped every now and then. <laughs> uh, great stuff, Matt. Really appreciate the time and uh, we'll be chatting again next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you.